Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. How you doing, mate? Ah, it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, sunny, clear sky morning out here in Seattle. Now, most <laughs> people don't think of Seattle as being this clear sky, green mecca, like everything's gorgeous. But there's like three weeks or so out of the year where it is the most gorgeous place in the whole country. And it is in the middle of that time. Biz, you've been out here during this time, haven't you? Uh, I have. My very first time I went to Seattle was, well, it's probably about 10 years ago now. It was during the summer. And it was, I have to say, when I went, the weather wasn't particularly nice. It was raining all the time. It reminded me of home. It reminded me of London. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a it is a very beautiful part of the country. And I'm sure when the weather is nice, like it is now, you said it's about 80 degrees or something. That's uh, That would be really nice. I mean, it's better where you are than where I am, which is humid, hot Richmond in Southern Virginia. So, um, mm. and uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm here for a couple of weeks and I was, I just got back from London a couple of weeks ago too. Um, so uh, I was performing in Wales of, of all places. So, uh, so that was nice to go to Wales too. So, so yeah, but now back to the grind. So back to the grind. Um, we got some pretty big news and at the time of this recording, it's been a few days since the whole trade news with Baker Mayfield took place. Uh, it, it unfortunately, is, yeah. for our timing, we released the previous week's episode that talked about <laughs> what are the Browns thinking with Baker. That episode released a couple of days after the trade, and, we're, and I'm just like, ah, huh. huh. You know, oh, well. you, can, well, you can't, you can't time it. You can't time it sometimes. You just can't you never time know. it. You know? And, and it's the summer, you know, we're both enjoying a lot of trips and vacations and a lot yeah. of other projects. And right now we're trying to make sure that we're gearing up for the fall with the best type of content that we can. Our focus is elsewhere. You just have to roll days. with it. Just have to roll with it. Just have to roll for it. Speaking of rolling, Baker is now rolling with the Panthers. <laughs> so, uh, Baker Mayfield has been traded. If I recall correctly, it is a fifth-round pick that the Panthers are sending back to Cleveland. It's a conditional fourth. So, if Baker gets a certain amount of starting time, it will go from a fifth to a fourth. And the Browns are on the hook for $10.5 <laughs> million dollars of Baker Mayfield's contract. If I recall correctly, this is about what I told you I would be happy to take Baker for. Yes. My first thought is, we've, we've, we have, when we've discussed Baker Mayfield's situation over the last few um, episodes, this is such a, a, a Brownsian thing. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to trade him and we're going to basically pay his salary. So then you're kind yeah. of like, that, and part of me, I was thinking, well, if you're going to pay most of his salary, then why don't you just keep him anyway? I mean, I know that sounds, you know, slightly odd, but given we talked about, we don't know the Deshaun Watson situation in terms of what the NFL might come down in, in terms of their suspension. So if you have a sort of ready-made quarterback, a ready-made starting quarterback who knows your system, who has been there for the last few years, why not have him? I mean, this isn't, they're paying, I believe, $10.5 million of his salary. And yet they're still trading him to Carolina. Well, so I... the question is what you want to do with the locker room mentality. Do you want to have this I, I, kind I... of festering attitude of just like, this is the guy who's not going to be here and everybody right. knows. It. You want to lend yes. up. 
that that's I, I totally agree with that. And sometimes the sort of for the benefit of the team, but for the good of the team and and for Bacon Mayfield, because obviously he doesn't want to be there either because yeah. he knows he's not. So there is that. Okay, we're going to do this. It's the best solution for all parties. So I, I, I can see I can see both sides. But you know, it, I just find it funny that the Browns are still on the hook for. It's like we, you can play for another team, but we're going to pay you. It's it's very similar to. Um, in in my kind of football, we have the loan system where teams will loan a player from a team, but but the, the team that owns the player or that has the rights to that player will pay their salary, often so that they get experience for that team. There might be a young player who can't get into, say, Manchester City's first team. They're like, okay, well, we're going to send you on loan to a team that's not as good. You go and play for them, uh, get some first team action, but we're going to pay your salary. So this almost strikes me like that, even though he has been officially traded. Now, moving on yeah. from that, I guess the next question is, is he going to start for Carolina? Just on, on paper, he's by far a more talented quarterback than uh, Sam Darnold. Um, that's what I feel. And, and, and the proof's in the pudding in terms of what he's done so far in the league as opposed to what Sam Darnold has done. I know Sam Darnold last year for the first three or four games showed flashes of really good play. I mean, people were saying, you know, what's happened with Sam Darnold? He came out of the game because I think Carolina, were they 3-0 and at the start of last year? And, and you, you, I, think, I remember you saying Sam Darnold is still really young. Isn't, isn't he like 23 or 24, I, I believe? 24, I think he's 24. Yeah, so obviously there is potential there with Sam Darnold. My gut reaction is... Baker Mayfield is going to be the... 25, just turned 25. Okay. So my, my reaction is that Baker Mayfield will be the starter. Um, I think he's, he's sort of deserved, he, he's deserved his chance to be the starter in Carolina. Um, and, you know, dare I say, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for a season, it could be, it could be a, a, the developing of a good team in Carolina. Um, so, yeah, th- those are my thoughts on, on the whole Baker Mayfield situation. They pretty much echo what my thoughts are as well. Uh, one of the things that I find very fascinating is whether or not Baker will be the starting quarterback by week one. Because most of training camp, most of the mini camps, like everything's done. Like the, the, the teams are now starting to put their rosters together towards the start of preseason next month. And he still has some time to get used to it. But you've got a quarterback on the team in Sam Darnold who knows the system, who's been there for a while, who understands the ins and outs. And the question is, is are, are the Panthers going to be playing to win this season? And if they think that Baker's their guy, I think they have to start him from day one just because Baker's not on the books after the season. Uh, same with Darnold as well, though. So which of them is going to be playing that pivotal game one matchup against the Browns? Browns at Panthers is week one. So that's their, that's their week one. <laughs> that is their week one. And oh, right now, Cleveland's, Cleveland's the favorite to win this, that game, but it's... Who, well, to me, that's, re- that's ready-made. It's ready-made for a Baker Mayfield star against his old team. And I will say it's this type of game that Baker Mayfield will relish because he is a very competitive person. He's a competitive guy, almost sometimes over the edge on that. It happened at Oklahoma a few times. It's ready made for him to just go out and be like, okay, this is what you missed. You know, uh, this although, could be to be the honest, second year in a row that the Panthers' first game of the season is going to have their quarterback, who just got traded to the team, start against their previous team. 
Because last oh, year, they played, the played against the Jets in week one. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be an interesting development, I think, during the season. Uh, I think but, but, Yeah. But I, I, I feel that – I personally just feel on paper, Baker Mayfield has the edge. Where does this leave Jimmy Garoppolo, who is essentially the last <laughs> quarterback, the last big piece anywhere that needs to be Last moved? one standing. The last one standing, and I got a message from Justin the other day, and I actually had a bunch of other people just randomly ask me this question as well, is do the Seahawks make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> and I, I actually would not be upset at this point if Garoppolo went to the Seahawks, just because his value is going to be lower, just because there's really only one suitor if they're interested in all to pick up Jimmy. So the price is not going to be that particularly high. And I was asked, would you trade a fourth or third round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? His salary is not the greatest this season, but it's also not the worst for a starting quarterback. When healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo is, has one of the better win percentages as a quarterback in the league. And while I've been talking a lot about next year's quarterback crop, if we get Jimmy Garoppolo... And again, I'm not calling him a top 10, not, not even like a top 14 quarterback in the league, but he's a guy who can win and you won't throw the game away. He could be a game manager in a system that Pete Carroll wants to turn into a power running offense. And if that's what Jimmy Garoppolo can be and be confident with his arm, you know what? I would be fine with trading for him. If it works out, I'd be fine with extending him. And I'd be fine with using both of our first round picks next year to just bolster the roster. What do you think about the idea of Seattle potentially trading for Jimmy Garoppolo now that all this trading dust has settled? I think it's a great idea. I think a few weeks ago we talked about, you said potentially making a play for Baker Mayfield, and you said that might not be a, a bad idea given that, you know, you have the amazing... Uh, right. right. I mean, you know, you have the amazing Drew Locke as currently, currently as the... <laughs> Plated starter for week oh, one. Um, and you said potentially you could see him going 0-16. Now, I, I am going to say that if you did have Jimmy Garoppolo, I do not think you would be 0-16. Um, and I no, think that Jimmy Garoppolo has always had this kind of moniker attached to him. Like I, You look at his record. His record is really, really good. Even last year, he took the... He, he took the uh, 49ers to the NFC Championship. No one yeah. even they beat they beat Green Bay in Green Bay. They beat the Cowboys. Um and he he does often make really stupid mistakes. But given how dire the situation is um in Seattle regarding the quarterbacks for this particular season, it makes sense for Seattle. The only thing really that springs to mind is obviously their their rivals, their division rivals, and yeah, certainly, I guess maybe ten years ago, that that you could argue that rivalry was the biggest rivalry in the NFL when oh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick out. and Alex Smith going against Seattle and the Legion of Boom, those two NFC Championship games, they were really, really competitive. I think the rivalries maybe died down a little bit over recent years, oh, yeah, but without a doubt, all teams have cooled off and risen right. and cooled off. Yes, but there is that. It's a division rivalry anyway. So that's the only thing, whether Seattle would embrace Jimmy Garoppolo because he played for the 49ers and whether, you know, I don't think the 49ers would particularly, the 49ers supporters would care that he goes to Seattle. But I do think it's a solid, solid move because he is someone, as you say, 
he's a game manager, but I think he's 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 a sort of glorified game manager. I think he's better than just the game manager. I think he can make some good throws, and I think he can win you a game. Like if you need him to go and make a few throws, I think he can do that. And you say you've got you've still got all the pieces. You've still got Tyler Lockett. You've got DK Metcalf. Um, a great roster. It's still not a great roster. No, but offensively, you've still got some pieces there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say a young with Jimmy Garoppolo that is starting to develop. Right now, do I think you'd make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo? No, probably not. But like, do I think you can win a lot more games with him? Yes. And as you say, he is someone that could potentially be there for maybe two or three years. You know, if if the quarterback thing doesn't pan out and you strengthen the roster, I, I think I, I I think it's a really good idea. Um, I I will say I do not think it's I cannot see it happening because I just don't think Pete Carroll will want to make a move for it. So apparently we have some brand new news. Uh, <laughs> at least it's brand new to you, uh, not brand Whoa. new to most of the rest of us. This uh, <laughs> shows how, how deep each of us are on the pulse of everything. So I've been talking a while about how I think that the Bills might be one of the better uh, picks for, to go to the Super Bowl. And this Von Miller news broke out this past week about how his negotiations were happening and biz said wait von miller's on the bills no comment i make no comment and i blame you i blame my esteemed co-host for because as you know you know i i always follow the x's and o's i'm a massive analytics person massive analytics person i follow all the schemes and everything of all the 32 teams so um uh, yeah, I basically had, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to own it. I had no idea Von Miller was signed for the Bills. And actually, um, yeah, so when Mark uh, sent me this story, I thought it was just kind of, he was mentioning that he would have taken a pay cut to sign for the Cowboys. And then Mark said that he, well, you know, he's on the Bills. And then when I, when I Googled it, I realised he signed basically within the first two days of free agency. So, um you know, I do. I do know a lot about this game, as you can tell, and, I, and I'm always <laughs> on the pulse with the um, with with the moves. Um, my only comeback is um, who won the quadruple last year? Okay, sure, <laughs> but just discredit it. Uh, that week was kind of crazy because you had the Deshaun Watson trade that was going on. You also had Devontae Adams that was being traded. You also had Tom Brady coming back. You also yes. had Tyreek Hill being Tyreek traded. Hill. And honestly, yeah. there was just. Not that this, the Von Miller signing wasn't important. And I actually think, it was, if I'm looking through my notes, I actually think he was a topic of conversation we touched on very, very briefly. And I think I just may have said it in passing. Uh, but yeah, Von Miller to the, to the Bills, $120 million <laughs> over six years. And this past week, he uh, mentioned in an interview that the Cowboys had pursued him and with Von Miller having been from Texas and having gone to school in Texas was willing to take less money than other teams to give them a hometown discount and apparently the deal that they made to him was less than that what they were offering or around the area that they were offering to Randy Gregory which was that five-year 70 million dollar contract that he got for the Broncos but for a player of Von Miller's caliber, he's not going to take a discount that steep when what he ended up with was roughly $20 million a year for six years. Well, given that contract, it's almost half. It, it's almost, yeah. you know, 
So we're almost well, the same length, right? So there's two there's two things that I mean. This is such <laughs> to me such a non-story because again, it's oh you didn't know about the other thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're never going to let me live this down, are you? This this episode is going to so. be titled "Von Miller Goes to the Bills." Breaking news. Um, <laughs> so, um, to me, it's a non-story. A because it involves the Cowboys, and B because it involves a player that they didn't actually sign, and also they didn't even they didn't actually make a move for him. So, this is Von Miller saying, "I would have taken a hometown discount to go to the the, the team sort of in the state where he played." college football but to me I'm just like it doesn't this is what annoys me about the Cowboys it's like any story involving the Cowboys even if it's a non-story because they're America's team you always have to talk about it and I'm just like they're not America's team they're very annoying and like because I know this sounds like if say Von Miller had said oh I would have I would have taken a, a discount to go to Detroit or Jacksonville because I've you know, I played I played at Florida or something. Would we be talking about would anyone have been talking about it? No, they wouldn't have done. So again, it just smacks of and and I just I just I it, I just hate this. Cause obviously, you know, I I come from a country where like growing up it was all Manchester United, Manchester United. And I love it now because Manchester United are so distinctly mediocre given their greatness over the last sort of fifteen years. And they're just kind of also rans now. That, that no one even really talks about them anymore. And it's not, it's kind of non-news whenever they sign a player or whatever. And I love that. But I think there's something about the Dallas Cowboys that holds this fixation, particularly when it comes to American football, in the sort of psyche. And it just it just annoys me. It's just like a non-story. But as you said, he said he went to the Bills. The Bills wanted him. They're the ones that made a move for him. So you know, why not, why, why not go to the team that actually showed they really want you and they want you to be a part of their plans moving forward? Cap salary-wise, it was very difficult for the Cowboys to offer the, him anything more than what they did, apparently, uh, because, you know, yeah. the whole Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott contracts are pretty big. And I, I'm sure that Jerry would have loved to be able to do more than what he could. Uh, but the main reason why this, to me, is much more news, I think this goes beyond the It's America's Team thing. And it's almost like a... If, if this had been the Browns that had bungled up this in this way, like people would have been, oh, that's such a Browns move. And f as far as the Cowboys are concerned, like as far as this offseason is concerned with them, it's been, well, that's such a Cowboys thing that's, that's happened. How are they going to mess up this particular free agent thing this time? Like, they, they, they were also interested in going after Bobby Wagner. They couldn't get Bobby Wagner. Right, right. Yes. Um, in other news, and this was uh, new news as of yesterday, that the storied name of the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium is now being put to rest. Heinz Field is no longer going to be Heinz Field. It's now going to be Akershur Stadium. And for some people, that's going to be sad because, oh, Heinz Field is such a storied, storied name. It is such an important name for this franchise. And all I can think about is like, but wasn't Heinz Field, like that, that stadium has only been around since 2001. Yeah, because so it was it's three not like it's part of the, that. It was three rivers before that. And all you can think right. about is like, well, is it such a storied? Like, yeah, they won two Super Bowls with the team playing home there, but it's not like it's like one of the great 
to me, iconic names. Like, do you recognize Heinz Field? Sure, but that's just because the Steelers were on primetime a lot because they had a lot of great, great teams. It's like Jerry World has what it is just because of the mystique and splendor behind, behind like, the gaudy, like, outlandishness that that stadium is. But <laughs> is it Foxborough, Gillette Stadium? I don't think it's at that level at this point. I think that Gillette Stadium right now is the, ha- is the hallowed one. Is it Lambeau? No, it's certainly not Lambeau. No, certainly not Lambeau, but I, I would put it on a par with, with Foxborough and, and Gillette. But I, I think, again, yeah. it, I, don't, I don't think it's, like you say, synonymous like Lambeau because, well, that's, that name has stayed the same all the time. But it, you know, it was Three River Stadium before Heinz Field. And I think there are a lot of supporters of a certain generation that will always remember it as Three Rivers Stadium. So then it becomes Heinz Field. And then now oh, it's, it's just uh, going to be... Heinz Field was a new stadium. It was a new stadium. Right, yeah. right. Right, but I, it's a bit like, say, Candlestick Park, where, sure, 100%. you know, it's a, it's a new stadium, but a lot of people will still say, okay, well, it's a Candlestick Park because it's San Francisco. But, I mean... Again, it's just money talks. I mean, they, they they have they have a sponsor, and the sponsor probably said, "Okay, well, if we're going to give you this money, then if we're going to sponsor it, then it has to be this. We have to call it this name, and you know, that's that's how it goes." So, you know, it, hate to say, sort of, it is what it is. But I'm sure they might have tried to say, "Well, can we keep it at Heinz Field?" And they probably just said no. So, you well, know, Heinz Field actually that, said that they weren't going to uh, sign a new deal, right? Right. So, you know, it's just, yeah, the world of money it's talks. It is. And... So that's the football news that we have for this week. Uh, in the next couple of weeks or so, you're going to be hearing us talk about our division breakdowns. You're going to hear us talk about our positional breakdowns. But uh, I had so much fun with that over-underrated thing that we did last week. And Biz, as far as I know, you've got something in store for this week. I do. I do. I have a very to our listeners out there have a very fun game you see you know as much as the overrated underrated thing was fun and i do have i do have a couple of players for that and and you'll see why i picked them as you know um, my esteemed co-host he doesn't he doesn't really know that much about american football you know he tends to go on his gut he doesn't really look at the the schemes and and understand yeah. uh, the 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 play of the game as particularly as much as i do as you know, I'm I'm very much into numbers and analytics, and I follow that a lot, as as I'm sure Mark will tell you. So, um, yeah, I'm just a, a novice at that. <laughs> because I I know so much about the game, particularly the players on various teams. So I've come up with 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 a game where I'm basically um, I'm going to test Mark's knowledge on players on certain teams and i will say i hope because obviously we are we are recording this remotely so i am hoping that mark does you know plays it in the spirit of the game and doesn't doesn't access a uh, interwebs and <laughs> for the sake but before we get started we are going to um i am going to play the underrated overrated um in terms of fantasy they're just for okay. a couple of for a couple of players. Yeah. So for the purposes of this game, I'm actually using the Yahoo fantasy football rankings. Both of the players I picked are wide receivers. So the first player I'm going to pick is 
my hero of my team last year, the great Jalen Waddle from Miami. Uh, to give a bit of backstory, my, the semi-final of fantasy last year, uh, I was playing our good friend Jerry. Going into that game, I was losing by 19 points. So Jalen Waddle had to score basically 20 points. Unbelievably, that, that Monday night game, I think he had 10 catches for 108 yards and he got 21 points and he soared me into the final. So he will, he will forever hold a special place in my heart. He is ranked number 20 in wide receiver rankings by Yahoo. Now, I actually, I think if I'm right, um, because they did sign Tyreek Hill, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So just out of curiosity, what type of players are ranked above and below him? Like if you could give me the top two on top of him, the top two below him, like who's ranked around him? Sure. So look, I will go from number 16 down. So mm-hmm. number 16 is DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, then Jalen Model. Now going further down, up to say 24. So 21 is Rashad Bateman, then Alan Robinson the second, Amari Cooper, and then Gabriel Davis. Now, just me looking at that, obviously I would take Jalen Model over the ones below him, Amari Cooper. That's an interesting one. Above him, I personally would take Jalen Waddle over DJ Moore. That's me personally. I probably mm-hmm. would take him over DK Metcalf, given the quarterback situation. But yeah, your, your thoughts. For the purposes of this, I'm not going to pull a biz from last week and say, <laughs> I think he's about right. The, the answer to this game is either over or underrated. So I'm going to uh, make both on this. Uh, as far as that ranking is concerned, with the particular players around him, had Tyreek Hill not been traded to the Dolphins, I would say that he is underrated. And I would say he's right. probably closer to 14th or 15th or 13th. Right. But given the fact that you do have Tyreek Hill on that team, and we're still not confident 100% that Tua is going to take that next step forward and be one of these better quarterbacks in the league, I'm actually going to say he's a little overrated because there are a lot of players that are down on that list below Jalen Waddell that are certainly going to do better this year. I think Rashad Bateman's going to have a step forward this year because he's going to be the clear number one on the team. I think you're going to see Amari Cooper going to a team that may have Deshaun Watson. That's a wild card in this whole thing. Uh, who's going to be throwing to Amari Cooper? And it might just depend on which half of the season you have him. I think Amari Cooper has all the upside in the world. I actually think that DK Metcalf right now is rated too high, so that might actually drop as well, too. I don't necessarily Mm. think that DK should be on a team unless we know that he's got a decent quarterback behind him. Honestly, between DK and Tyler, I think that Tyler should be ranked higher at this point. So looking at everybody that's there and just looking at the situation, I'm actually going to say that while I'm high on Jalen Waddle as a player, I think he's, for fantasy for this season, I think he's overrated. So you would take Rashad Bateman over Jalen Waddle? I think he's going to take a step forward, and he's just the clear number one on the team. What about Alan Robinson? Second, uh, I might take him on the team. I might take him ahead because he's going to be the number two on a high passing offense with the Rams. Okay, and Alan Robinson's still a very good uh, wide receiver. Gabriel Davis? Probably not. I would probably okay. take uh, I mean, Jalen Waddle out of Gabriel Davis. It's interesting because, I mean, this is Yahoo rankings, but you've got Jerry Judy at 25 and Adam Thielen at 26. And interestingly, I would probably I mean, take Adam Thielen and Judy ahead of Jalen Waddle. I mean, I, that, to me, that's a toss-up. I can see that that's, a, that, that's difficult. I, I, but Jerry Judy would be a flyer because, obviously, he's got Russell Wilson thrown to him this year. 
but and yeah, you don't know who's going to be the uh, the guy who steps up on that team to be the number one target. Right. So we are going to stick with wide receivers, and again, this is a player very spe- very special to my to my heart. I'm sure um, Mark Mark can probably guess who it is. The great Hunter Renfro. Yep. Of Las Vegas, who I had um, on my team, and I even dropped him and managed to pick him up again on the waiver wire. Can Why people didn't up. pick him up on the waiver wire, I don't know. Now, do you, they I, did. I will say they did. Remember, Justin no, did, and then dropped no, him. I right, right. No, no, no. So I had you him. dropped I had him. him. You had him. Uh, yeah, you dropped I, him, I had him, and then I he was available him. the following week. But during Correct. the week so that some... you dropped him, Justin picked him up and also right. dropped him. Right, but that yeah, so that that's what I meant. Like I was stunned that someone picked him up and then dropped him. I believe he was in the top twenty scoring wide receivers last year. Here at Yahoo, now they have him ranked forty-one. Now, yes, we all know the sort of elephant in the room is that they signed Devontae Adams. But above him, so given what we do in last, so above him, 40, 39, 38, 37, they have 37 is Drake London from Atlanta. 38 is Russell Gage, who did have a very good season in Atlanta last year. 39 is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, mm-hmm. And number 40 is Chris Godwin. Going lower after Hunter Renfro, Michael Thomas. Chris Olave, yep. both both at New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling at Kansas City, and Devonte Parker is forty five. So, my my feeling again is that I will I will actually take a flyer here and say that I think he's underrated. I would take him over a number of those names because again he's a he's basically a slot receiver, a bit like Jalen Waddle, and I I don't necessarily think. Even having that threat with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, it's going to necessarily take that much away from him. And so I still think he could be quite productive, you know, as a as a as a flex or even a number two receiver. But um, your thoughts? I will agree. I think that he's underrated there. I think he's probably closer to the uh, low thirties, so like thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. Uh, but that's also because I'm relatively high on Derek Carr this season, and I think that they're going to throw the ball around a lot since they got Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. Uh, I think that right. they're actually going to see the Raiders take a, what may be a pretty decent step forward this year. And even, that whole division is going to eat each other alive, so a, a decent step forward for the Raiders maybe staying around 9-7, and 10-10. and or nine and six, not not. Gosh, the the seventeen game season, nine and eight <laughs> or ten and seven. Uh, yeah, to be able to get into I mean, there. But I think that Hunter Renfro might be one of the best number two targets in the whole league. And the fact yeah. that he's going to be playing in that slot, I think that the entire offense for the Raiders will all take a step forward. I think Darren Waller will continue to mm. be one of the best tight ends. I think that Devontae Adams is going to have a typical Devontae Adams season, if not just a little bit less than he's used to in right. Green Bay, but I think Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs will both take step forwards. Yeah. I mean, just looking, I mean, you said low 30s. I mean, I'm just looking at the low 30s. I mean, you've got Tyler Lockett at 34, mm-hmm. Alan Lazard at 33, who are just, I don't, I don't, I mean, I would take Hunter Renfro over him. Brandon Cooks, number 32. Oh, yeah, I so I would take him over Brandon Cooks. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's And I'd probably put him right in the same range as Tyler Lockett. I think that's a good comp. Yeah, rather that. I mean, you've got Devontae Smith at 35. I, I could see him around that, that 
you know. Yeah, that's both. a good so, place to put. Yeah. Okay, so now on to my game. So I had a cunning plan to to, to quote to quote Blackadder. So I wanted to test Mark's knowledge on players in the league. You know, we've been doing this podcast for a year now, almost a year. And I will say that every single episode he brings up um, maybe about 17 names that I've literally never heard of. I've, I've devised a game. And so I'm just going to give a specific team and ask Mark to name a squad player on that team from a particular position. He's, so he's, we will he's see. Really putting me in a situation where I'm gonna <laughs> not have answers for this because he's gonna be like, "Who's the long snapper for Green Bay?" I'm like, what the hell? "No, well, no, I'm not." I, <laughs> I tried to, you know, I did think about that, but then I thought, "No, I'm gonna try and be Who's the kind of assistant fair. strength and conditioning coach for the Baltimore." <laughs> <laughs> all right, I will right. say none of the answers to these questions is Russell Wilson. So. Oh, okay, okay. The first question is, um, and I'm going to pull up, can you name a linebacker for the Jacksonville Jags? Ooh. So you have... Uh, I think that depends on what your choices. definition of a linebacker is. So um, it can be outside linebacker, middle linebacker. Um, edge. Edge, yeah. So this says... I'm yeah, guessing. Okay, uh, do, do I'm going to you... say Josh, Josh Allen. Oh, man. Look at that. One for one. Straight out of the gate. No, you are incorrect. He is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I see. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Josh Allen. Correct. Correct. Well done. Okay, so moving on. The second of three questions. As you can see, I'm picking amazing teams here too. So can you name a defensive tackle on the Detroit Lions oh um Lee McNeil is he not on, on with them anymore you are correct you okay. are correct uh I will give you that it says he knows tackle but I'm presuming that's the same yeah, so as you know I mean I, I know all this stuff anyway so uh, so <laughs> look at this you cannot cannot get this and last last but not least from Mark's new favorite team the Denver oh. Broncos can you name a defensive back? So that can be, you know, any encompassing defensive back on the Denver Broncos. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, what's his name? Oh, the safety. Oh gosh. Like he he's like one of the best in the league. And I'm just drawing a blank <laughs> on his name. Oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. I may have to abandon that. Um, just trying to think of like who they Ooh. traded for. Because there was a short period of time that they traded for like four different corners. I don't know if Bradley Roby is still on the team because I think he ended up being back there. Um, I always get Brad Roby and Ronald Darby really confused with each other for some reason just because they both ended B, B-Y. Oh, defensive back. I'm just have to but you can't have a cornerback like, too. It's a so cornerback or safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a safety that I've been thinking uh, because I, I know that there's a really, really well, good safety. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you, got, I'm going to help you out because you, you basically just said his name. Uh, Simmons, Simmons. Wow. Correct. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, yeah, correct. Justin Simmons. But you mm -hmm. also mentioned Ronald Darby, who yeah. 
But I, but I didn't know team. if it was him or Bradley Roby. I know Bradley Roby was on the team at one point. Right, and I, right. When, he, when the when Dar- Ronald Darby signed with the team, I'm like, oh gosh, now both of them have played for the Broncos. Dang it! <laughs> Look at that! Wow, three for three, hundred percent. Congrats. 100%. The only thing I will say is, please don't do that to me next week because I will get. Oh. I, will, I will. I will. I will not do well uh, when. <laughs> uh. I think but, I've got wow. a, I, See, there you go something for the similar to you, but not quite as brutal as <laughs> name defensive players. I'll name if you do with actual proper football players, I might be able to do it. But um... okay, what team does Wayne Rooney represent now? Oh, you, wow! Yeah, we talk about that. The, the new manager <laughs> of DC on United. Non improper football news. Wayne Rooney <laughs> the, is now the, he's the, the manager for DC United. He is. It, he just confirmed yesterday. It was just confirmed. You know, going back to the club where mm-hmm. where he played for for a very short amount of time. Who I believe you 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 may have seen on multiple on a number times. of occasions. Yeah, yeah multiple, times. multiple times. Um, personally, I think it's all going to end in disaster. Um, for those who don't know, the DC United is currently second to last in 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 MLS. Um, they right. are thirteenth out of fourteen teams. Um, so. They certainly need someone to come in and do a better job. Um, we might actually, but I might be going to watch DC United on August the 31st against New York City FC. It, it will probably, it will be my first ever um, Major League Soccer game um, if we go. Well, I don't think the tickets are that expensive given given how bad uh, DC United are at the moment. So, so yeah, so but maybe I can go and cheer on uh, Wayne Rooney. So, um, yeah, he is the new, uh, he is the new manager. Um, but don't ask me to name any of their players because um, I will not be able to name them. So um, that's, that's fair. Uh, indeed. But staying with the non non improper football theme, there is some non American football news out there. Well, the first let's let's get into it. Obviously, our uh, our favorite tennis player and our and our now two mm-hmm. favorite tennis players played in the Wimbledon fi- final yesterday. Um, I, I, to be honest, I just didn't care who won or lost. They are both fairly loathsome people to, uh, to root for in a tennis match. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously Djokovic won another one. But thankfully, he, hopefully he won't be able to play in the US Open because as a non-citizen, uh, he won't be allowed to enter as an unvaccinated uh, player. So, uh, so, yeah, your yeah. thoughts? Uh, I, I stopped paying attention to Wimbledon after Nadal pulled out for, for injury. I know. Uh, I, know. I was really, really hoping that he could go for the calendar slam, but it's, yeah. you know, at some particular point, the age will catch up to you. And the fact that he was able to pull two Grand Slam victories this season is, is nothing short of impressive. That, this does mean that now Djokovic's three that he needs to be able to pass Nadal is now down to two. He needs one to tie. Two to True. beat so and i think both of us are going to expect for djokovic at some point to get those two it's just whether or not nadal can hold up and like keep playing and get more himself that's true um, well the, but, matter of time. yeah there is an interesting scenario though because currently he's not allowed to play in the u.s open he's also not allowed to play in the australian open he he himself has said you know he has no plans to get vaccinated so i don't think he ever will um he like he's very you know that's his stance. So, 
that's if that happens, going to get lifted at some point. Like once the, these things have died down, it might not be this year, not might not be next year, but at some point the borders are going to open up because true. What you can of do. course, of course, but let's say it's another year. So let let's say next year he can't play in the Australian Open. Perhaps Nadal can pull one out, and obviously a a, a, a you know at the French Open Nadal is always favourite. Um, and let's say even two thousand twenty four. You know, Australia, they're very strict. Um, They have been all during the pandemic. Maybe they might lift it by then, but I wouldn't be surprised if they haven't. Um, So it would be interesting to see. But, you know, I hope Nadal can, you know, I'd love to see Nadal get one at at the US Open. Federer's not there, obviously. Djokovic's not going to be there. But I will say Uh, the fact that Nadal even got to the semi, even in his quarterfinal, he had that muscle strain and he was two sets to one down, I think against Taylor Fritz, the American, and he still managed to pull it out. So, But yeah, like you say, eventually it catches up and you just got to save yourself for the next one. It will be interesting to see how the world of tennis is going to move on once you've got Nadal gone, once you've got Djokovic gone, and Federer is completely gone. Mm. Um, after the big three are done with what they do, who are going to be the next names to step up? If it's just mm. going to be Medvedev and company. But yeah. I, I certainly hope we start to see some great new young talent uh similar yeah. to what you're seeing in the nfl like brady and rogers are all great but at some point you want to see what the next generation is going to come forth with yeah speaking of lingering stars although also one of the greats in his game still at his age um since the last time we recorded kevin durant requested a trade out of brooklyn and that has essentially turned nba free agency on its head uh the last bit of rumors that i heard were I heard uh, Skip and Shannon talking about this on Undisputed. Apparently, uh, the Nets, if they were going to make a trade, let's say, for example, it's going to be the Timberwolves, because this is the example that was used, they'd be looking for four first-round picks, plus their star center-slash-power forward, Carl Anthony Towns, plus their young starter, uh, Anthony Edwards. And essentially, you're asking for the Timberwolves to mortgage their future to be able to add Kevin Durant to Rudy Gobert and essentially a team of nobody else. So this is the type of price that the Nets are looking for right now. I would not expect for Durant to be moved in the immediacy. Uh, It's probably going to be something closer to the regular season when a team is going to be looking at, okay, what do we really have? And they're looking to make a move to go forward. I I just honestly think the Nets are just like digging their heels in claiming they've got more than they've got because they really don't have much leverage right now. But what do you So thoughts? before I give well before I give my thoughts, what why do you think Kevin Durant asked for a trade? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's just Kyrie opting back in for another season. Uh, I think he has right. seen the chemistry with him and Kyrie on the court and it's very good when they are together. Uh they're two right. all world talents at what they do. Yeah. But I think Well they're just not uh, on the court enough. Together. They're just not on the court enough, and I think that while Durant is a representative of, or while Durant is a representation of what player empowerment has been for the past couple of years, I don't think it's been a good representative from that, because he's essentially whole, held his team a hostage in a lot of situations. I'm going to right. go here. We're going to do this. I know that Kyrie said he's not going to do this, but you're not going to punish him for this. He's going to do what he wants, and he's been trying to push for the players being able to do what's best for the individual players, and essentially the Nets while they made the conference finals a couple of seasons ago, a year ago, against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, they got swept by the Celtics in the first round this year. Mm. And 
I don't see that team doing much better going forward with its current layup, especially if Kyrie Irving is going to, you know, for this week, I'm just not feeling it. And Ben Simmons is continuing to have his mental health issues that he wants to address. Like, and, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't want to like make it seem like those aren't problems that you need to address, but I'm going to sound old when I say that, like back, say this, but back in the day, like if you had players that were not mentally feeling well, they, they just got up and played. And I, I don't think it's, well, I think that this, it, it's good that player empowerment has been doing well for the benefit and the health of the players. It hasn't been putting forth a good product on the court. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I was shocked. I was actually shocked because I thought Kevin Durant was sort of in it for the long haul. But I, I think there is part of me that thinks he's seen what has happened over the last year or two. Like when Kyrie and Kevin Durant are on the court together, they are great. Mm-hmm. But but you need time to build that chemistry. And obviously, like this year, it just didn't work against the Celtics. You can't, no matter how great you are, you can't just say, okay, right, you're just going to play for the first time together for a long time. You know, all teams need time to gel, chemistry, figure out a way to play. The Ben Simmons thing as well. I mean, who knows when he's going to play again? I mean, I honestly... I, I wish him the best. I, 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 I wish him the yeah. No, I, I want to too, but I wonder if now there's there's almost a mental block with him actually getting back on a basketball court. Like a bit like golfers who have the yips. That that it's almost like he wants to get back on the court, but he can't. And it's not for me, it's not for me to judge. But but I offer I do wonder whether even at this early age, whether we might have seen the last of Ben Simmons, because there always seems to be they always say, oh, well, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. All of a sudden, there's like, actually, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. Um, and so, yeah, maybe Kevin Durant was just like, I can see this not being, you know, a good situation and maybe getting out. But, you know, but that's the thing. You brought up Minnesota. He's not, with all due respect, he's not going to want to play for Minnesota. He wants to play for a marquee franchise. And whether that's, you know, one of the big markets, whether that's LA, New York, Chicago, Boston, you know, uh, like the bit, or, or I mean, interestingly, I, I saw a, an article about Golden State, perhaps going back to Golden State, like not that long ago, which would be really interesting. I mean, again, if he if he went back there, it'd be a done deal again. It would be, but apparently, what the uh, price for Golden State would be would be Clay Thompson. I'd be like, just no, they wouldn't do that. No, they wouldn't do that. I think he would mess up the chemistry too much. Yeah. Um, like but, even um, if Kevin Durant is a better player than Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson is too important to that team's chemistry and identity when he's healthy. I, I I mean I agree. I could I think on paper it would be worth doing, but I think that those three are so synonymous with the franchise. I think there's almost like a a moral element. It's like a like almost a kind of sentimental element there that that like and and they just won it without without Kevin Durant. So they're probably yeah. like well next year because. Clay Thompson had been injured. He was just coming back. He wasn't. He he wasn't Clay Thompson even in the finals. I think you give him some more time to get back to get his legs under him, get fitness. He could come back next year, and, and they could be even better. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all the topics I've got for today. I, I've shouted these out a few times in the past, but I, I figure that it's a good time to be able to start plugging these again. Uh, the other two podcasts that I'm a part of, You Drafted What and Kicking Myself, are gearing up for the start of their season two. Uh, they, both of those podcasts have taken summer breaks. And while we've been sparse on uh, this podcast, taking 
a couple of weeks here and there or whatnot, we've been here with some semi-consistency. We will also be doing a season two start uh, at the beginning of next month. We're going to do uh, a launch. Yeah. A we're going to do a launch. Season two launch. Season two launch. When we're gearing up, we might do a couple of mock draft scenarios, things like that. But kicking myself and uh, you drafted what will be starting their relaunches for season two uh, in the coming weeks and months. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts, please give them a listen to. They're available in all of your podcast streaming services that you listen to, whether or not that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a listen, uh, sp particularly if you're a fan of uh, Magic the Gathering or gaming-related things, go ahead and give Kicking Myself a listen there. Or if you just want to listen to some fun shenanigans uh, and, and just a blast of a time, uh, Biz can attest that you drafted what is a blast. It is. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a very fun podcast to listen to, so I'd urge, I'd urge people to, uh, to, to listen to. I'm going to shout out, um, you may or may not know, that the, the Women's Euros uh, European Championships are taking place at the moment. Mm -hmm. England beat Norway 8-0 last night. Oh, um, And it was an absolute morning. Norway are actually a pretty decent team. To win 8-0 was spectacular. So shout out to England women. Go go three Lions. Um, can win the Euros for us. Go one better than we did last summer in the men's. So you can the do Lions it. Lions are now just playing in my head right now. <laughs> uh, that could be our theme tune, but probably not. Oh, <laughs> All right, well, my coffee is empty, and uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your week. We'll be sure to start uploading much more regularly, and uh, cheers. Cheers. Till next time.